0: Okay, let's look up hipster.
1: Artisanal.
0: Hold on, hold on. Okay, what do you think is a hipster?
1: Everything I just said. Artisanal stuff, craft stuff, um, doesn't make a lot of money. (laughs) Lives kind of expensively, though.
0: So I think hipsters are people that look homeless. Oh, maybe not. Diva would probably fall into this, at least, picture that I've found. Um, do you think I should look up Urban Dictionary or Wikipedia? Both. Which one first? Urban Dictionary is a funnier. <laughs> so. <laughs> I love that Urban Dictionary still exists. <laughs> it's, kind of up. Like, hip- it's so insane. Hipsters are a subculture of men and women, typically in their 20s and 30s that, it should say who, value, independent thinking, counterculture, progressive politics, an appreciation of art and indie rock, creativity, intelligence, and witty banter. (laughs) So you have to appreciate witty banter to be a hipster. The greatest concentration of hipsters can be found living in Williamsburg, (laughs) Wicker Park. Wicker Park, is that Chicago? Isn't that where we stayed? No idea and Mission District neighborhoods of the major cosmopolitan centers of New York, Chicago, and San Francisco. We did say in Wicker Park. Right. Bronwyn set us up in Wicker Park because she's a hipster. Oh, she's a hipster. I had no idea. Although hipsterism is really a state of mind, it is often intertwined with district fashion sensibilities. Hipsters reject the culturally ignorant attitudes of mainstream consumers and are often... Um, seen wearing vintage and thrift store-inspired fashions, tight-fitting jeans, old-school sneakers, and sometimes thick-rimmed glasses. Yeah, Sometimes? Yeah. Both hipsters, men and women, sport similar androgynous hairstyles that include combinations of messy messy shag cuts and asymmetric side-swept bangs. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Let's see what Wikipedia says. That's it? Well, no, there's more, but... No mention of craft beer. <laughs> I'll go back to it. Here's what Wikipedia says. Hipster is a term popularly used to denote the international subculture of primarily consisting of white millennials living in urban areas. The subculture has been described as mutating transatlantic melting pot of styles, tastes, and behaviors, and is broadly associated with India and alternative music. I guess you could say craft beer would be part of... Indie music. The weird thing with craft beer
1: is Pabst Blue Ribbon is a classic indie uh, really? hipster beer.
0: Wow. But like,
1: basically anything on Queen West. And okay, like well those like-
0: are Torontonian hipsters.
1: Yeah, yeah. But that's my reference point.
0: Um, There's so, a variety of mainstream fashion sensibility including vintage and thrift store bought clothes. Generally, progressive political views, organic and artisanal foods, and alternative lifestyles. Hipsters are typically described as affluent or middle-class young bohemians who reside in gentrifying neighborhoods. That is true. Okay. Anyway, it goes on and on, but... I think that sort of sums it up. Type in hipster craft beer. (laughs)
1: I just feel like craft beer is huge because of hipsters. And really? there's got to be, like, a sub... Like, I feel like I have hipster... Hipster,
0: yeah. Hipster, um... Yeah, there's a lot of hips. So, the first thing that comes up is a YouTube video called Hipsters Love Beer. We could play that if you want. Um, ordering craft... There's a video ordering craft beer like a hipster. Um... <laughs> hipsters love beer Video pokes fun at beer snobs everywhere Hilarious video Hipsters ordering craft beer Will make you something <laughs> Yeah Okay so sure There's a lot of hipsters who drink craft beer And apparently Pops Blue Ribbon According to you Well, that's type that in Hipsters and Paps paps blue ribbon.
1: Just paps.
0: How do you spell Paps? B? P A <laughs> It's not how it sounds. Well, it'll tell me. No, P A B S T. Okay. Um I can show it to you. Should I read the Huffington Post one? <laughs> yeah,
1: the real reason that's just healthy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, I'll read it. Researchers have figured out finally what makes the run-of-a-mill beer like Raps Blue Ribbon become so improbably cool. In a new study, this is on Huffington Post. Um, In a new study published in a peer-reviewed journal of consumer research, this sounds legit, authors Caleb Warren, an assistant professor of marketing at Texas A&M, and Margaret Campbell, professor of marketing at University of Colorado, write that radiating a sense of autonomy is what really counts. So if you want your brands to seem hip, they should deviate, but not too much, from social norms considered unnecessary, repressive, or illegitimate. Pabst Blue Ribbon provides an interesting case study in cool. Just a few years ago, the Pabst Brewing Company was in shambles. The watery 170-year-old beer enjoyed popularity in the 1970s, but in the 80s were none too kind to the brew, kicking off a 20-year sale slump. In 1996, Pabst closed its flagship Milwaukee Brewery. In 2001, sales dropped to fewer than 1 million barrels, 90% below its 1975 high. Then something changed. The PAPS Blue Ribbon was suddenly the hipster's choice at bars and barbecues everywhere. Sales jumped by 20.3% in 2009 and continued to rise steadily over the next few years according to Beer Marketers Insights. By 2013, Americans drank more than 90 million gallons, so that's compared to 1 million gallons, 90 million gallons of Pabst Blue Ribbon, according to data from Euromonitor, which is nearly 200% more than they did in 2004. So what happened? America's hipsters' beer of choice has benefited from the coolness of autonomy in two ways. First, beer drinkers felt that they... Were choosing Pabst Blue Ribbon without the pressure of major marketing campaign. Mm. Second, Pabst Blue Ribbon actively promoted itself via decidedly anti-mainstream marketing tactics. It probably didn't hurt that, as Times New York or as the New York Times, sorry, noted, Pabst Blue Ribbon could capitalize on young beer consumers' exhaustion with massive, ubiquitous TV campaigns. Anyway, that's enough, but I think that answers your question. <laughs> that's
1: awesome.
0: Okay, so now we know more about...
1: PBR.
0: PBR, but more important, we know more about hipsters. Why were we talking about hipsters? Diva. No. It's
1: talking der- about Diva. Craft. Oh, dry cleaning.
0: Because <laughs> I said craft... Um, I said that the millennials were concerning themselves with the why of their professions right. and what they were doing and not so much about the how and that the craft... Whoa. Is that a text? Yeah. Um, that the craft world or the professional world of like crafts are dying but there's like a subculture of people who are investing in those types of careers did you
1: say that or did
0: I well you said that it was on the rise and I said it was only just a, sub- a subculture or subpopulation of people that not I didn't know that it would rise entirely because people don't make enough money
1: yeah. yeah, and I was saying that it's big in hipster land. And I used the word like,
0: craft until you thought of craft beer. Right.
1: But no, the leather making, all this shit. Like, Okat's full of these guys. And I am, like, if I were to make those little bowls, like, that would be a craft-based existence. Which is... Which is, I feel almost like how you're running your your business. What do you think about that?
0: You think I run my business like a hipster? No, like
1: a... Like a craft woman.
0: I'm a craft woman. That's interesting.
1: I'm really big into talking about a business model as a craft person.
0: Okay, this is interesting because this might actually give me um, better direction and more important, more like meaning associated with me running my business.
1: Yeah. What do so, you mean by that? Okay, so how I talked about it with... Did you start taking?
0: I started recording a long time ago. Oh, really? No? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this felt like you were setting me up.
0: Um, well, I was trying to kill the space when you were peeing. <laughs> our audience couldn't hear while you were peeing. Yeah, and I didn't want you to say too much while you Good were peeing.
1: Stuff. Okay, so <laughs> with Devo, he's doing his um, he's doing his his business, which is making house goods and stuff out of wood. And so his thing is he wants to make. Design the stuff, make prototypes and then and then outsource it, like find makers, find craftspeople people to to make it in, in mass. To make like plates and cups and So he whatever. really
0: does want to make stuff in mass?
1: In mass, like a couple guys doing the work. Oh, uh, okay. Not like real mass production but not
0: like true industrial design.
1: Yeah. But he doesn't want to be the... Maker. The maker.
0: Okay.
1: He wants to be the designer, prototyper, and then hand it off. And so I was just saying that his process, He, I feel like he's he has a bit of a conflict because his process very much, to me, sounds like a craft process. So he doesn't like to plan, strategize, Think about what the problem is. He doesn't want to do market research. He just wants to design something for himself.
0: That other people could benefit from. Sure. As a byproduct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He wants to see problems in his life and solve them. Or see things that could be accentuated in his life and accentuate them. Um, Make something. Think about it. Make it. Design it, prototype it, and then and then develop all the marketing and branding around it and get have makers make that stuff, which which I think is he, he's straddling two kind of business models or business or like business strategies, I guess, because he sees himself as a designer. And he is, except I think he's more of a craftsperson in that he just wants to make something for himself and as like a self-expression piece. But also be hand, like, be physically involved in the making and the iteration of it. And he likes iterating prototypes physically without thinking too much. Just like, oh, this isn't right. I'll do it again and change this little, like, radius or... Or the material or whatever and just kind of iterate which is very much a craft based hmm. process um but it takes a long time and it's a slow evolution whereas like designer like kind of contemporary designers are very product focused and to fit a very specific kind of gap in a market or a problem
0: well that just sounds like design with purpose Well, sorry, design with other people's purpose then.
1: Yeah. And so when I say like contemporary or modern design process, I'm talking about like the kind of ideal model, like design thinking where it's like a client comes to you and says, here's my company, here's the problem. And then the designer takes all that in, interviews people, does lots of research, takes a step back and says, okay, that's not actually your problem. Your problem is X and here's how I'm going to solve it. And then they do all this more research, all this prototyping to solve problem x and then they have a product y which solves it Mm -hmm. whereas devo is like there's no problem he just wants to make shit he likes a plate that he owns but he he can make it a little bit better thinks it should be shifted a little bit or be made of a different material or be handmade or whatever and so he wants to make it and gradually improve it over time as he makes more and more
0: and more of them. Right.
1: Too. But he doesn't
0: want to... But that isn't a business. So the model part is having other makers so he could then sell the fruits of that labor. But really, his work is his own process. And he makes. you can't make money off your own process. You make money off the product.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah, exactly. But the, like... A big part, of the thing that he likes to do is that process, like identifying and then iterating mm-hmm. and slowly building a better product so and so that that to me is like very craft like you're physically involved in it and you're you don't have you haven't strategized the problem and where the problem needs to go, and then you take yeah. the steps to get there it's more an evolving thing
0: mm-hmm. So, Which is a
1: very craft-based model, and I feel like what I was going to say for you yeah, is curious. it's like you haven't identified a problem, <laughs> you and then you haven't like you haven't strategically taken a bunch of steps to solve that problem. Well, and, I would and develop say a I product.
0: Have. Fine.
1: I would say that it's a, an evolving thing. Like you do another round of your life coaching course, you do another. And then there's these offshoots that naturally happen. And, like, you experience spins off. And then you evolve, evolve. And then that doesn't work for whatever reason. So you shut that down. And and it's, like, this evolving... Craft, like, work of... Craft. And the great thing about craft...
0: Craft education.
1: Well, the thing... Well, okay. So craft education is is typically... um, like mentorship-based or apprenticeship-based. Right. And so you... The intern or whatever, the apprentice... Is there with the craftsperson as they like tune their machine. And the apprentice is there along... like Physically working alongside... Doing the thing, doing the thing, doing the thing. And then at some point they'll feel confident or confident enough. They'll go off and they'll tweak it or do the exact same thing... Or make it their own. and But they're just doing, like, a similar thing or the same thing, um, after they've built up, like, hours of physical, experiential learning.
0: Well, and that's, I mean, that is actually one of my, my philosophies of how education should be, in some way, I don't know, like, okay, I've never called it craft, but um just generally the teaching experience i think could be based more on that that's really interesting though because i don't know how much we want to get into that but (laughs) it's just education obviously is changing in this anyway i don't want to
1: yeah so one thing going back to the craft kind of business model which i'm talking about um I feel like it's it's a great I think in the end it develops really good like contextual like very good products in their context and it's been tried and trued and like typically has really good quality and is made of good materials and has lots of heart and thought that have gone into it and it's like this thing that's evolved over years and decades but the flip side of that it does take decades to evolve this thing into a really good thing um whereas the kind of contemporary design model can take like a year for a big project or six months for a small project Mm -hmm. and it's like you just like you know jump through all the steps you get done you get a product at the end and it's quick and dirty and fits into the quick and dirty kind of business world of today but it doesn't necessarily develop lasting quality products whereas the craft-based one you're not going to make you're not going to get rich overnight that's what I was trying to tell them it's like you are living in this kind of startup world and you're still surrounded by a lot of um, like tech startup people Um, which want you to spin out a product and make 10X and, like, be really, like, grow rapidly and stuff. But the way, like, his, that type of business and the way that he set it up doesn't fit it. Those two models aren't, aren't, uh, aren't conducive to other.
0: Which is also um, unfortunate because there isn't, I mean, so really... If you want to be in that kind of industry, then you need... It's ideal to have a mentor or an apprentice-type relationship with someone. Yeah. Which is what I ha- obviously have suggested to Devo from the beginning, but it's hard to find that. So... you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, I don't know, that's...
1: Sorry, did you, sh- you say it's hard to find... It
0: is hard to find that, because you actually need to invest in that, and time-wise, and there also has to be mentors around who want to invest, and I, you know, strongly believe that the mentorship relationship is really rewarding, and that people can do that, but they also, you know, need to know that they, it's time to invest in a particular person. You know, and it's unfortunate that our current education system doesn't provide that, because I think that's we focus so much on the formal education system that if we focused on... I mean, maybe it's just a difference in, you know, there's a lot of people now who are going to have to start making decisions about whether they want to go through the formal university system or even the college system. But I think the third system is apprenticeship or mentorship.
1: What about... Okay, sorry. Well,
0: and they need to make these decisions. They... And that's a worthwhile investment because instead what happens is that people... There's a there are a few people who are deciding not to go to university. Um very few but deciding not to, but they're not doing it with guidance. And so I strongly believe that there are people who will be very successful not going to university. But they can't go out on a, on it alone. This was the whole basis of your experience.
1: Why do you think they're not why do you think they don't have guidance?
0: I just know a few, the people that I'm thinking that come to mind, they're floundering. They're just like Uh, you know they don't have that support that they need
1: what was their purpose of not going to university
0: well one person i'm thinking of in particular just didn't feel like she wanted to go or wasn't ready just didn't feel like it had anything to offer her right and she's really smart and she's going to do a lot of things but and i actually would love to be her mentor But I'm also at a place that's like, do I have time to invest in that? And and should I invest in her? Like, how do I know she's a worthwhile person to invest in?
1: Yeah. Well, that, yeah. So, before, it was so easy. Like, back in the day, whenever that was, it would be like, people would be in jobs for decades and decades. And so, you know, there's the blacksmith, there's the lawyer, there's the cheesemaker, whatever. And these people, if you revered them, You could sit on their front porch every day and knock on their door and say, I wanna learn your thing, I wanna learn your thing. The master would be like, no, go away, I don't have time. No, go away, I don't have time. And eventually, if the person persisted long enough and basically showed that they were super dedicated to it, then the master would take them in and get them to do shit work for the first year, all the crap that the master didn't wanna do. Mm. And it would just be this slowly evolving relationship.
0: So that's a good point. It's very romantic. But it's that's... very romantic. But here's the <laughs> difference when I'm thinking about my example person. I'm not going to go out of my way to mentor her. Right. If she wants to learn from me, come hang out in the space that I'm in, at the events that I run, you know, whatever it is, be in my vicinity. Yeah. Um, you know, figure it out how you need to, to learn what I need. And actually, there's another person who... I went for coffee with recently and he's like how can I learn from you and I'm like well you can take my course that costs money or you know go on my website here's videos of stuff like hang out in the spaces that I hang out like come to my events do whatever but who before me I mean I don't know That was just last week so we'll see what happens but who before me is telling these people you need to find a mentor. Like, I can tell them they need to find a mentor, but then it looks like I'm just saying, I will be it. But some, like somewhere in this space, we need to say, you need to find a guide. You need to find a mentor. You need to some, find someone to look up to. You need to find someone who is going to support your journey, wherever that is. Because we can't just go out on our own and do all these things.
1: The weird thing is, in our I think in contemporary society, I feel like you're you are expected to, or you it's it's um people put good em- or big emphasis on going out and doing it yourself. It's either you're like going through the university system and just like following along with what you're supposed to do, you become a lawyer, do all that, or you. Or on the other end of the spectrum, there's like hardcore entrepreneur, and you just figure it out yourself. But I, and that's that's the perception anyway. Those are the kind of the two um, kind of extremes of the typical paths. Um, I think it's cool that the entrepreneurship path is a real path now, and has some esteem to it. Um, but I feel like both, even at both of those extremes, I, th- I feel like the ones who are actually successful are not the ones who go out and do it alone by themselves and become a hardcore entrepreneur or somebody who wants to become a doctor and they just like blindly march down the path to becoming a doctor. I think both really successful people at either end, ends of the spectrum take a step in and have tons of mentors or a few great mentors um, that helped them along the way. Like when I was in the med school path, I would hang out at biomedical this one biomedical lab for weeks until they called me asking if I wanted a job. And then same thing in orthopedic surgery. I just hang out and ask these guys if they needed help, if they wanted stuff. And that's how I got all my jobs in there. And then in the entrepreneurship model, um, I now feel like so much of... Our learning comes from asking people who are like two years ahead of us doing similar things or in similar markets, but are a couple of years ahead. Um, and there's tons of like, I'm quote unquote mentoring, I don't know, probably like eight people that I'm a year or two ahead of right now. It's kind of weird in the in the tech space because it didn't exist 10 years ago you know, or
0: mm-hmm.
1: access to those, like the PayPal mafia, like that's impossible to get those guys. So, um, it's almost like the mentors are like your own peers or people who are like just a couple years ahead of you, which is kind of weird because they don't have, like, I don't have a ton but of wisdom. It, I've done it once.
0: Well, exactly. So it's not, it's not really that Original craft idea that we were talking about. And it also, I wouldn't say that that's good mentorship. Like, meeting with someone good, once but... a month for a coffee is not good mentorship. It's mentorship. It's not like, it's not gonna help this person really succeed. It'll answer questions. But like, good mentorship is like apprenticeship, like, yeah. hanging out, being in the space, like, You know, really having someone that you can look up to and ask questions to and learn through almost osmosis or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah, and who knows, like, if you're talking to somebody who's, like, two years out of where you are, even five or ten, it's like you have no idea... If that's a model, like if their trajectory is something that you want to model.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Whereas if you get the guy who's 80 and been doing it for 40 <laughs> <I> years, <know. laughs> it's like, okay, I see where you've come from, I see where you've gone, and I see what you are at the end of the thing. Like, yes, I want to, you have something of value for me. So what does that mean? So that means that you have to write your book and stick (laughs) in your career, not deviate paths for the next 20 years so that you can be a good mentor for somebody. Me? Yeah.
0: I could mentor people right now. I know, but you're what,
1: like two years ahead of them?
0: No. A 20-year-old? I'm 18 years ahead of them. No.
1: How long have you been doing one thing?
0: Depends on what that one thing is. Studying the mind, studying neuroscience. I've been doing that for a long time.
1: Okay. But I don't think most people would come to you because of your study of the mind. I think most people come to you for your study of the mind in relation to business.
0: Well, it depends on if you care about that. Who cares about business? What if you just care about understanding psychology, understanding neuroscience?
1: Well, wouldn't they go to some, like, superstar neuroscientist who's been around for 50 years?
0: They could. That's one option. Whoa, that one's 30 minutes. How does this happen?